everybody. Thanks again for joining us here on Take a Knee. And spring is coming. It's right around the corner. I know you're getting excited about it. I am. Going to enjoy some warmer weather. But today we're going to talk about something and have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about Dave's Top 10. Dave's Top 10 Ways to Live Longer, Better Lives. So I thought you might be interested in that. Kind of breaking from the norm of some of the things that I've done in the past here on this podcast. But years ago, I used to be well known for my creative David's Top 10s call them Dave's after the talk show's host. And so anyway, I have devised my top 10 list here. And what I would do is I'd do Dave's top 10 of ways that you know you worked for this particular church or that you believe this or so on and so forth because of my name being David, of course. So today I am going to give you Dave's top 10 ways to live longer, better lives. So here we go. Let's start with number one. And I'm going to tell you some of these are spiritual, and some are a little political, some are a little tongue-in-cheek, but we'll have fun with it. Let's start with number one, and that is to read the Bible. Well, that's pretty serious, isn't it? Read the Bible. I put it on there, number one, because it should be number one. Isn't that right? That we get into the Word of God. There's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. In fact, the largest chapter or reading in the Bible, Psalm 119, is all about the Word of God and how important it is, how valuable it is, how impacting it is. There in Psalm 119, 9 through 16 was one of the first sections I memorized in Scripture, and it talks about how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your Word. I've hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So the Word of God is so absolutely incredibly important to get into the middle of our life. You know, God promises us that if we value His Word, that He'll give us long life. He'll give us a good life. Honoring God, honoring His Word. The Word of God is that logos that gives life to the bones, that heals us by even coming into our thinking In fact, I knew a guy one time who told me that he was diagnosed as being mentally incapable, let's just say that, as a a child. Always violent, always getting in trouble, lived on the streets somewhere in New York, and he was written off as having no hope. But he gave his life to Christ as a young man, and he began to memorize the Word of God. And he memorized large sections of it, and he began to see his mind literally get healed. He began to change the raw emotion, the anger, the rage, all the different things that affected him were healed. And he actually went on to get advanced degrees and become an excellent Bible teacher. Pretty amazing, isn't it? The power of the Word of God. David's number one way you can have a wonderful long life. Number two, accept Christ. Because the Bible leads us to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You want to give your life to Christ just as early as you can. Most people come to Christ before their 25th birthday. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? The reality is the sooner that a young person, a child learns about the gospel and is not contorted, all messed up with the things of this world, the lies, the doubts, the fears, the earlier we learn about Jesus and the wonderful gift that he is, the more apt we are to accepting Christ. I'm so grateful for that, that my mom introduced prayer and the idea of Jesus 
at an early age. Matter of fact, I see that there were incredible little points in my life that clearly the Holy Spirit was marking me, was calling me, the, what they call the effectual call. I was given a Bible, my first Bible in school, believe it or not. I think I was in the third or fourth grade. And a person came into the classroom. I don't think they'll ever do that anymore. And they gave us these Bibles, these little Bibles. Mine was red. And I took this little red Bible home and I read it. And I remember crying. I remember crying because I read and I was impacted by the reality of death. As a child, I never really thought much about death. But when I began to read about Jesus dying on the cross and that all man would die, I wasn't thinking of my own death. I was thinking of my dad and how much I loved him and how much it just broke my heart to think that he would not be with me forever. And I remember at that moment in time, beginning to talk to God and then the gospel being shared with me in other places and all through my life. And finally, God really drawing everything when I was 17. So it was amazing how many things that had happened in my life before I even graduated high school, where I finally gave into that call. So accepting Christ, and what an awesome, awesome gift and a promise of a good life, a life filled with joy and peace. And I'll tell you, I'm almost ready to turn 60 years old soon. And I can tell you right now that that has been true over the many years that I've given my life to him. Third, number three on the list, <laughs> you're going to love this one, flush the globalist lies on climate change and overpopulation. <laughs> wow, I just went from the sublime to the ridiculous, but it's okay. You know, here I am, Pastor Dave, trying to tell you, don't listen to those lies. I firmly believe that they are lies. In fact, let's start with the second one of that, the overpopulation. You know, the Bible tells us that we're called as his people, as human beings, to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. He never told us to stop. It's only human beings that are telling us to stop, and they're using lies in order to do it. In fact, you're not going to believe what I'm getting ready to tell you. But did you know you could take every human being on the earth, almost 7 billion people, and fit them all in a square, livable space, a piece of property, and would all fit in the state of Texas? <laughs> I know that blows your mind, but it's true. And the whole idea that there's not enough room for every human being on this planet is ridiculous. In fact, if we started to look into colonizing and living underneath the water or finding ways to have cities that we could go higher into the sky, I mean, there are many different ways that we as human beings can fill this earth and many different ways that we can feed people. And all the different things about all of that are just plain lies. Now, I'm not the only one who believes that. In fact, there are many who exposed this lie. Well, let's get to the real thing, the climate change. You know what? There's so much that's being pushed on that right now. And it's funny that they would use this double speak, climate change. Well, when I was growing up, climate change was just called four seasons. The climate changes all the time. And in fact, if you go up to Massachusetts right now, this may be one you've never heard. You can go to Plymouth Rock and stand on the very place where the pilgrims 400 years ago, 400 years, came and put their foot down and they marked it. It was eventually chiseled out the date upon which they landed. I think it was 1620, something like that. And if that's the case, guess what? That rock is still sitting. The water line is exactly the same place that it was when they got off the boat and saw it 400 years ago. 
Well, that surely just busts up their idea of how the waters come up and down and the rising of the seas with the warming or maybe the freezing of the world. You know, folks, I've been around long enough that every decade it's something different. When I was growing up and I was in high school, they were all saying that we were going to be frozen to death within 20 years. I remember watching the movies and the documentaries and being afraid about it and then just kind of forgetting it. Oh, yeah, we had a couple of bad winters and they kept on telling us. They told us we had to turn down our thermostats down to 69. I lived in Michigan and we were freezing our butts off. And in fact, I got pneumonia. Isn't that something? Turns out none of it was true. None of it. None of it. And so, folks, we got to stop believing those lies. We got to forget about that crap because it is absolutely just that. They're lies used to manipulate control with fear and really force. In fact, what I've heard, and I believe it's so true, that they're using the climate crisis is what they're calling it as a way of bringing forth the global one world government. That's what they're using. And there are those who are part of that system, even 50 years ago, who were saying this is exactly what they were finally going to use to make it happen. Don't listen to it. Don't believe it. Move on. Number four, love and care for your parents. You know, in the, the Old Testament, it tells us it's called the first commandment with a promise that if we honor and obey our parents, he says, for this is right, it says in Ephesians chapter six, so for this is right that we might live good and long lives. And that's a blessing, folks. That's a promise. That's one of those promises that is etched in the very foundation of our earth and in the spirit realm. It's one of those laws of the kingdom that they call it. And so you want to be blessed today? I don't know where you're going, what you're doing, what your experience has been, but every person that I have seen that has honored their parents and blessed them and cared for them where they can, they have been blessed. Well, what do I do if they're dishonorable? They don't deserve my honoring. Well, doesn't say that you hold back. You bless them, you honor them. Doesn't mean you always have to hang out with them, but it does mean that under your breath and in your prayers and in your thoughts, and even if it is not looked upon with the heart in which it is given, that we honor them, that we speak well of them, and we bless them and we pray for them. You know what? You reap what you sow, and you know all of us are going to get older. And if we care for our parents and you've got children, well, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Give it a thought. Number five, love your spouse. Now, if you're married, I encourage you. You know what? That is very powerful, powerful truth and message. I just did a sermon out of Ephesians chapter five about marriage and how powerful and wonderful it is. And it is a gift. Bible tells us it's good for a man not to be alone. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One of it is, you hear me laughing, and the reason is because we're self-destructive. We need accountability. Man, it doesn't take long for us to figure out when a bunch of guys start hanging out together, things get broken and burned down, start wars. We need our wives in order to help us think clearly sometimes and to be that helpmate, keep us civilized. You know, my wife takes care of her house. She helps me focus my energies and attention on making a wonderful home for our children. So loving our spouse is so incredibly important. It really should start there. It is a gift to us. And when we love and care for and nurture and, and do all that the Bible says that we should do for our spouse, it boomerangs, my friend, it boomerangs. God tells us that marriage is a picture of heaven. And so that's a great field and a place in order to sow blessing. All right. 
Number six, avoid drama and stress by avoiding debt enslavement. So what happens a lot of times in our lives if we get ourselves into a deep debt? You know, the whole idea of mortgage comes from the word mortician and death and the grave. The Bible tells us and encourages us to avoid debt. The only debt that we should ever maintain is a continuing debt to love one another. The Bible talks about how it obviously is a negative thing. It can bring stress into our lives. And so I encourage you as one of those things to listen to Dave Ramsey and, and to learn about responsible finances and budgets and learning to plan ahead by saving and doing the very things that are important to really help keep you free and never indebted to another person. You know, obviously when you are being stolen from with the interest rate, some of these interest rates are ridiculous. They're literally robbing from us and giving to someone else who's doing nothing for it. So don't do that. Don't give in to that and the drama that it can cause. All right. So number five was avoid a drama. Number six is love your spouse. Touch that. Number seven, eat right, exercise, and don't smoke. All right. So this is a pretty down to earth one, isn't it? Eat right. Try to focus on the foods that you eat. There's a lot of bad food out there. I'm not always good. I love donuts. I love I love uh, sweets. And so I am having to constantly fight that and to keep myself in shape. By the grace of God, I've done a pretty decent job all of my life of running and biking and swimming and doing different things to keep my heart strong and never give into the vices of smoking and alcohol and things like that. You know, you want to keep your body running smooth. You want to live a long, good life. We learn in the book of Proverbs that wisdom is practical. Wisdom is not just the spiritual. Wisdom is also translated into making good decisions. And that's a good one right there. A couple of good ones. Number eight, understand the power of a clean conscience and maintain it to keep short accounts when it comes to the relationships with people, but also with God. So we're called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're called to love others as ourselves. Those are the two focused areas when it comes to our conscience. To love God is to keep our conscience clean when it comes to sin. Things that we do when nobody is watching. Things we know that are clearly sinful and are hurtful to us. And so, obviously, when we think of what the Scripture talks about sin in our prayer, in our time, that we don't let the sun go down on our wrath or the sun go down on our sin, but that we confess our sin. And he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. Man, keeping a heart clean toward God, so critically important. And then toward people, that's important. Because, you know, even if you're walking, we know that walking in bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness are unhealthy things for us to walk in. Walking in that will only have a physically damaging effect upon us. We know that bitterness and worry and jealousy and envy, it says it rots the bones. Isn't that interesting? That envy rots the bones. And we get these little clues from Scripture that help us, really teach us, train us on how to maintain this body one of the many ways we can. And that is, let's keep that evil bitterness and resentment way far away from us. Because again, it can hurt our stomachs. It can change the blood chemistry. And of course, that's not a good thing at all. All right, number nine, research anything you're urged to do for your well-being that comes from, are you ready for this? From the pharmaceutical world. I know there's a lot of words to just say, be careful what pills you pop. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Be careful about the pills you pop. You know, there's a lot of people who have to take medications for various 
things like high blood pressure or diabetes or allergies or different things that we have to take in order to help us. But you know what? Sometimes you really need to think and research because pharmaceutical companies are only looking at the bottom dollar. A lot of greed is going on in our world, and we're looking at that firsthand right now. I think you need to think twice about some of the vaccines you're encouraged to take. Think twice about some of the medicines that are forced down your throat, because I'm not here to slander anyone. I'm here to just say that in reality, because the almighty dollar is first and foremost, some people can bypass wisdom, bypass even doing a deeper research in what might be the long-term effects of some of the things that we're taking into our body. So think about that. And then finally, number 10, stop taking life too seriously. Laugh and have some fun. That's a good thing, isn't it? When we think of this life, there are times that we let worry and fear, anxiety, and it just overcomes us. And I would add to this the fun stealers. And that would be to spend too much time watching news or watching television, period. Read some really good books. Read history. Read more of your Bible, obviously. We already talked about that. But read and expand your mind on different things that have happened in time. And maybe study a new language or so many different things that we can do. Study and learn a new skill. You know, wood turning or creative arts. Take up hobbies that will engage you and help you to discover a world that is waiting for you out there. I'll tell you, I've learned that myself. Over the years, I have taken time during my vacations or during sabbaticals that I've taken. And I've taken on new skills. Let me tell you one that was just kind of silly. Then I'll tell you one that's not so silly. The first one was learning how to tie knots. I remember the beginning of one of my sabbaticals, my first one, in fact, I decided every time I sit down or I'm trying to do something, tie something down in the house or outside, I've got a rope. I never knew what kind of knot to tie in. And I always end up just doing the straight up knots that we tie and the granny knot or the box knot. And it never really held or destroyed the rope or whatever. And I, I didn't know how to really do loops and things. So I determined I was going to learn about knots. So I literally took a month where I studied every loop and bend and knot that you can imagine, the stopper knots, they call them, and learning all the different loops and ways that you can tie things down without damaging your rope. And <laughs> I learned so many, it was incredibly fun. Matter of fact, I had people calling me all the time for a while. Hey, what kind of knot would work in this situation? I really enjoyed that. So that was a silly, fun little skill that I learned and occupied my hands. And I wasn't watching TV. I was just learning this skill that was going to have incredible benefits. In fact, it kind of worked into doing creative, artistic things as well because of so much being done with knots there. And then finally, I took up the hobby of watercolor painting. And I discovered that I really, really loved it and really still do love it. And I love to paint and I love painting dogs and animals and landscapes and all kinds of things with watercolor. And I've discovered that not only do I love it, but I'm pretty good at it. And so I began to sell some of my paintings as gifts to people. And it's been a wonderful pastime for me. Literally, on my weekends, I don't spend nearly as much time watching television or doing things that would be just wasting my life. But I enjoy doing watercolor painting in such a, a wonderful skill. So you can do that and find ways to just have fun, play games, have a game night in your family, do times where you just go for walks, where you go 
trailblazing and do something that you've never done before. And let's live life. Let's breathe in some fresh air. Let's get out of our houses and let's get away from the television and put our phones away. And you know what? The impact of that on your life is going to be incredible. It is going to bring peace to your body and your mind because having negativity and anxiety and fear and all of that makes its way into affecting our well-being. So there you go, Dave's top 10, how to live a long, good life. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you're able to put some of this stuff into practice. Hey, tell you what, let's take a moment to pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to speak into the hearts and minds of those, Lord, who are driving or spending time listening to this message, this podcast. Lord, bless them. Keep them. Make your face shine upon them today. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done in our life, in the lives of our loved ones. Lord, I pray for those who have sick loved ones, God, that they would be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, for those struggling, Lord, with financial debt and are discouraged regarding what it is that is going on. Lord, I pray that you'd help them find ways of escape and, Lord, to rebuild their wealth, Lord, with new opportunities. And then, Lord, to get themselves out of debt, Lord, that they never have to suffer that again. Lord, I pray that you would just bless us. Help us to have fun. Lord, to ignore these lies, ignore the control of the greedy, Lord, the controlling, the evil Lord, that we might enjoy the life you've given us, that we might be fruitful. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. God bless you. You have a great week. We'll see you next time. 